Hello, everyone. This is Brandon and Zach here from Say What Needs Saying. We're here to discuss, does free speech include hate speech? Before we get into that, though, we have our last episode of the year coming up, our 2020 wrap-up, where we're just going to discuss everything looking back on the year and seeing uh, where can we go from here. From there, uh, we definitely want to start. We have a lot of things on rolling out for 2020, so definitely keep up with us. And uh, anywhere you're streaming us now, we're going to be streaming next year. And don't forget to join us on our Zoom uh, links just to indulge in the conversation itself. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a lot of big things planned and we're excited to have you all along with us. Be sure to follow us on social media, follow us on these streaming platforms so that you can be among the first to know when we do these changes, when we roll out these new aspects of Say What Needs Saying. Before we jump into the conversation, we just want to let ask you, uh, everyone watching us streaming, or if you're watching us on Zoom, let us know in the comments if there's anything at any point that you want to jump in and say what needs saying, or any specific topics that you want us to cover. We are also streaming live on Zoom, and so that is typically where people can join us to actually talk and speak uh, verbally on what they want to say. So if you're watching somewhere, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and you want to join live, Um, feel free to message us and we can try to get you the Zoom link so that you can join in. So today, like Brandon said, we're talking about freedom of speech, hate speech, and everything associated with the two. Basically, we want to know if you all think that freedom of speech encompasses certain things that are considered hate speech. Um, This is something that has been an issue for a a long time, right? This is something that's been a really heated um, topic for a long time and is something that in a lot of ways is pretty America specific, right? Because we actually have the the constitutionally protected free speech here. And so we run into these these discussions. So yeah, we just wanna get your thoughts on on everything. Um, Before we jump in, I guess, Brandon, uh, I'll throw it over to you and see what you think broadly about this, you know, as far as whether or not free speech covers hate speech or other, other things like that. Well, the freedom to say whatever you want, granted, 100% is a constitutionally protected right. Um, In regards to hate speech, I think you can say anything you want. The first thing that came to my head while explaining this was cyberbullying, which is a form of speech, and it it is considered hate speech. You can go to jail, or I mean, you can get suspended for this hate speech. Um, In this realm, I'm sure we're talking about things that are more political, politically jarring, whether it be your association with any you know group or whatever, I don't. I'm I, as a as a person, I don't mind hate speech. I am against the action that may or may not come behind it, and you can't necessarily control the actions that come from come from behind it. And if the actions get too much, then you must look at its origin and then you look at the speech. Granted, I still think you can't take away speech since uh, that's what a construct that America enjoys standing on. But as a whole, no, I don't, I don't think you really can control hate speech as much as you would like to. Like, you can't stop someone from calling you fat. It's kind of like observational comedy. You can't tell a comedian not to talk about whatever they want to talk about, you know. And you can't necessarily say it's a, in a joking form or not. Because in my head, I was like, can you stop all comedians from making jokes? Or can you stop Family Guy from making Jewish jokes or gay jokes? Or, you know right. what I mean? Like, what, what level of speech are we talking about? Can you defend anything with, hey, I'm joking? These are just perspectives that came to my head. What about you? 
Um, so hi, hi. So I, for everyone who doesn't follow us, I guess one of the reasons behind start doing this episode was a, a status I posted. I shared my my take on, I shared my take on Facebook, and it was basically that these symbols, particularly Confederate flags and swastikas and quote unquote hateful symbols, hate speech like that, should never be banned by the government. My, it kind of goes along with the stance that you were taking, um, kind of going along with the idea that it it can't be restricted and that people can kind of say what they can they want to say and that it doesn't really fall within their purview. Um, that said, I know that there are plenty of people that that disagree with me and that there are a lot of different perspectives out there, you know, on on whether or not this stuff can be banned, right? The first thing that came through my mind when you were talking is that a lot of people do want to limit what you were talking about, right? And a lot of the things that people may say. Um, we definitely, we got a comment actually that I think is a really good point. It says, I think it might be good to start off with definitions of what counts as free speech and what counts as hate speech. That That's a good point. Um, and so we'll start. So hate speech, I guess we should say, it, hate speech is more subjective, I think. I don't know. Is there an objective definition well, of I hate have, speech? I I have it for free speech, if you want to start with okay. that. Yeah, sure, go for it. Uh, so per Wikipedia, freedom of speech is a principle that supports the freedom of an individual or a community to articulate their opinions and ideas without fear of retaliation, censorship, or illegal sanction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so a couple important um, caveats on it, though, too, is that there are certain aspects of speech that aren't actually covered uh, right, by like free speech. Libel. What was that? Like libel, for example, you can't. R right. Yeah. So stuff like that. Um, also things like fighting words and words, language that imminently incites violence. So if something is imminently going to incite violence, then it's not covered by, by freedom of speech. Oh, and then okay. also kind of goes into, uh, sorry to cut you off, but also kind of mm -hmm. goes into social media a bit, or they've tried to, uh, in regards to, you can't say anything you want on Twitter. Mm -hmm. You can't uh, make false claims now. That's a form of freedom of speech that's being infringed upon. Right. I guess, yeah, we should also distinguish what between private and public sector, too, um, mm -hmm. because that's as far as so you mentioned. Well, uh, I mentioned early on constitutionally protected freedom of speech. Um, you talked about not being able to restrict it. It's an important distinction to make who, who we're talking about on whether or not they're able to restrict speech. Right. And so you just mentioned the the private sector with Twitter and some of these other companies. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's important to say that when the, when the, um, when we're talking about the first amendment, when we're talking about the constitution that protects you from the government um, restricting your speech. And so mm -hmm. it's a good point that something like Twitter can restrict, you know, what, what you say there or someone, you know, in the private sector can presumably ban certain kinds of speech in, in their, place of business, et cetera, things like that. And so, yeah, so there is a difference too between public and private sector. Um, we got a comment on, uh, it says, hate speech has much more ability to incite violence. And then we got interesting point with court. Location-based speech restrictions exist. I'm actually not sure. In court, you are stripped of your rights at the door for libel. Do you think a lawyer could go into a courtroom with wearing a swastika suit or that we should allow it? Hmm. Interesting, what do you think? I'm throwing it to you first. Um, I mean, I, I suppose I think that the lawyer should be able to wear the suit. Um, I don't know where, well, so I don't, I don't know. I don't 
I don't know anything. So I don't want to pretend to be a legal expert. I don't know anything about uh, rights being stripped at the door. So I'm not sure like what the current precedent is or what how it currently works. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, if it is like that, then I guess technically they could, yeah, they could restrict it in that instance, if that is the case. But we yeah. did get another comment. It said, I believe the reasoning behind wanting to ban items like the swastika is because of the number of murders associated with it. And I think I would agree with that. I think it's more of the historical context behind it. But there's been almost a resurgence of popularity behind the swastika, uh, mm -hmm. especially within jewelry. Because other people are like, oh, this actually doesn't mean this. It's actually originally a Buddhist uh, really? symbol. Um, oh, yeah. It's Hindu. It's got roots in Hinduism Hindu. for sure. Yeah. Right. And I was like, uh, I, I understand where you're pulling it from, but I think it's more synonymous with, you know, the World War II maybe, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I So I definitely agree that I think that's where a lot of the animosity towards the symbol comes from. Obviously, it is a very hateful symbol. Obviously, it has been associated with lots and lots of death around World War II. Um, and so I know and that I, that is a, a part of the reason why a lot of people are feeling very strongly about it, right? Um, we got someone just commented too. He said, I agree with that, but it's not the symbol. It's the people that are hateful. Its origins are of peace. Same argument could be made with the cross and Christianity. We're jumping, we're jumping right into <laughs> the people giving stuff, which is great. Um, I mean, that makes a phenomenal point. I mean, you could, and in, in my head, because of this comments are bringing it here, couldn't you see that, you know, within the, the 50s and 40s, 50s, 60s, um, that Black people could see the cross as a form of uh, hate speech? Because they used to burn those, the KKK would use that and burn it on their on their lawn to get them out of their house. Mm -hmm. You can almost see that as like a threatening image. Like when you see that, you're, you know, it may, and granted, we're talking about this super minority versus the, the mega impact that Christianity uh, is wanting to have you know, on the United States culture or whatever. But I can totally see that. And that's a very good point in my head. I, I see that. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got one person with their hand up. I think they've got it up for a little bit. Um, so I'm going to lower your hand. Feel free to jump in. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to add that this is a very philosophical question of what if symbols actually count as speech. Mm -hmm. um, and I've gone back and forth about this. So the, the example that's given with the swastika, it's the same symbol, but has two forms of speech depending on the context, right? Mm -hmm. So there's the um, the Nazi speech uh, or relationship to that symbol, and then there's the Hinduism, and they mean completely different things. Right. So um, in, in that case, one could even argue that maybe symbol doesn't even fall under the category of speech. Um, and, and But... Um, looking at the case of let's let's just assume that it is indeed um speech um mm -hmm. there's two ways of seeing this uh one is a legal definition of what is um free speech and then another one is a moral definition so okay. everyone has varying levels of morality subjective individual morality um and of course majority of people i would say 99 percent of people would say that uh what um this Nazi simple represents is morally incorrect. And then there is the legal definition of it, of whether it, it should be allowed or not. Um, and under that constitutionally, um, it is indeed allowed. Um, so it, you need to see it from two different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, definitely. And it's a good point that we're talking, you know, legally versus morally. 
And I think that comes up, it becomes a problem a lot of times with issues such as these when those two get conflated. So I know that a lot of the response to, to my stance on this particular issue is deemed racist. It's deemed, you know, as insensitive and bigoted by a lot of people in the idea that, you know, by allowing a certain type of speech to be displayed, you are in some way, I don't know, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but it comes across as seeming like you are morally accepting of it. Um, and I think that's an important point to make that a lot of people don't feel that way, right? I don't personally morally agree with displaying Nazi symbology or or other, you know, quote unquote, hate speech that is inherently going to hurt people, right? Just because legally you, you, you back it up. Sorry, you were going to say something? No, I mean, I think people who comment, who, you know, granted people who would typically say that they're opposed to what you're saying, saying that it's racist. I think that they are almost not aware of the country of which they're living. Like you're allowed to have aggressively incorrect points. Mm-hmm. I think the president might have some aggressively incorrect points, but you're still allowed to say that. You're allowed to, to you, I mean, the perspective may be wrong. That's why we have a, a bound system. Like you can't necessarily deem something incorrect because you deem it as incorrect. Um, objectively, if we're allowed to say whatever we need, you should be able to do and show that whether it be any perspective. I, I think that was to call it racist or to call, you're, you're talking of a place of neutrality. They're talking from a place of a, a point that doesn't have any place. You're saying anything is allowed because of which the environment we're in. They're saying, no, we're going to stifle certain things that we deem to be incorrect. No, you can't, you don't have the choice to deem that. You have the choice to choose to ignore it or to watch it or be around it or to be aware of it, but you can't, tell someone or you cannot create the the manifestation that doesn't allow for that freedom to be there because that freedom is being hinged upon and granted i think there is a legislation within the state of new york that we will get into later that almost that defies completely my point yeah i mean we may as well we could jump into that now too um because that's definitely something oh yeah yeah Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I'll let you go. If you want to read the thesis, I'll go ahead if you want. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You could go ahead and read it. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> in 1992, in RAV versus the city of St. Paul, the issue of targeting hate speech arose again when a group of white teenagers burned across in the front yard of an African-American family. The local ordinance in St. Paul, Minnesota, criminalized symbolic expressions of tantamount to fighting words, arousing anger on the basis of race among other prosecuted classes. Protected classes. Oh, what did I say? (laughs) Prosecuted. Ah, protected class. I was prepared for something. I was prepared for a prosecution. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. sorry. Didn't mean to Associated Justice Anton Scalia. Antonin Scalia. Antonin's yeah, Supreme Court justice. What origin? Okay, anyway, uh, (laughs) writing for the Supreme Court held that the ordinance was unconstitutional as it it contravened contravened the First Amendment by focusing on the particular groups about whom speech was restricted. Scalia uh, explained that the reason why fighting words are categorically excluded from the protection of the First Amendment is not that their content communicates any particular idea, but that their content embodies a particularly intolerable and socially unnecessary mode of expressing whatever idea the speaker wishes to convey. 
so the issue came up, the ordinance uh, criminalized it, and then it was ruled unconstitutional. We got a couple other comments that rolled in. Uh, one says, I think the same thing. Um, this conflict of dual meaning of symbols has affected my generation. He's 32 years old. Recently, it's been determined that the OK symbol, the hand symbol, is now racist because some white supremacist idiots used it. I remember that. That's um, true. Yeah. Was that then, 2020? Uh, I, uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Too much. Oh, 2019, someone said. Okay. Yeah. A lot of phrases or symbols or, or speech in general gets hijacked, right? And so, yeah, I was just going to bring that up. Someone just commented, same with Pepe the Frog. <laughs> yeah, um, that's probably the one of the more ridiculous examples that that wound up, you know, becoming big news is that Pepe the Frog was being talked about as uh, a hate symbol because it was hijacked and used in a lot of extremely racist uh, and extremely bigoted memes and, right. and things like that. Yeah, I don't know everything about it, admittedly. So if any of the listeners do... Feel free to feel actually free. We're not, we're not, the, we're not the cops. We're, yeah. Feel actually free to show us. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Um, let us know if you know more about this issue with with Pepe the Frog and and it being labeled as as hate speech because it's definitely interesting. Oh, someone with their hand up. Go ahead. Yeah, I think the Pepe the Frog was a um, a very innocuous character on the internet that got used in all of these uh, dark um, web forums like 4chan. Um, and people on the on the extreme alt-right and people who are generally jerks on the internet use this as, okay, for, for their um, racist or anti-Semitic connotations. So, mm -hmm. and, but it has also been used in a lot of other meme, meme ways, right? Feels good man is sort of the one that's more well-known to people. That's how Pepe the Frog has been used. But then the mere association of it with uh, white supremacists made it seem like okay this this group is using it so it must be a racist symbol um, and it's to be banned not looking at the fact that it's also being used by majority of people as just a meme as a funny meme mm -hmm. and th that's that's one of the keys where wh what extent do you go into in terms of hate symbols like, okay, you want to ban um, Nazi symbols, sure. You want to ban white supremacist symbols, sure. That doesn't help with shutting off their ideas. That doesn't help with shutting off their thoughts. Okay, you can go a step further. You can ban what, what forums they're talking on, or maybe ban what message channels they're talking on with each other. Sure, you can do that. But then that also doesn't stop what they're doing. And then you can go a step further. You can, use, like shut them off or you can cancel them off from society that won't even stop it you can make them not think i mean that's that's basically not possible you would have to prosecute them you'd have to do something to them to not make humans think so the extent of that could there's no boundary to this mm -hmm. and that's the point is that when you start banning things there is no boundary yeah i mean as, as long as a group can indoctrinate a symbol or take upon any perspective if that group is big enough, then I guess it's quote unquote associated with that group. I think we've had something like this this year uh, with the QAnon when that was that was huge. I mean, I was I believe in some of our discourse. I was saying that I was in support of QAnon. I didn't know what the hell that was. <laughs> I knew that I'm black and Black Lives Matter meant something to me, 
But the fact that this group is bigger and they take upon this and now there's so many new added portions to it, that's now out of my realm of perspective. And I can't even associate myself with that. Maybe someone in some remote area would assume the same thing with the swastika. But you're 100% right. You can't necessarily stop people to think. Well, and so a lot of this comes from the fundamental disagreement that a lot of people have, um, especially in America, right? Because there are two um, perspectives on human rights, right? There's the perspective that they are government granted. And then there's the perspective that they are quote unquote, God given, right? That they are, they're inherent, they aren't given to you by the government. And they are just something that you have and that the government isn't responsible for giving you, but is responsible for protecting. And so I think that people with a disagreements on that point will have very different stances on this issue, right? Because if the government gives you the freedom of speech, if the government gives you the freedom to speak freely, then they have much more place in restricting what you are able to say and speak freely on because they're giving it to you, right? It's just them giving you less, right? As opposed to they aren't giving it to you in the first place. So when they take it away, that's not their place, right? And so that's somewhere that people fundamentally disagree. And so I wanted to put that out there because there are certain aspects of this that we, we just may or may not fundamentally agree on. And that may play into a lot of people's differing, differing views on this stuff. And, and that's okay. But I, I just think it's something that's important to point out and be, be aware of. Um, we got a couple comments that I want to go through. Um, one says, that's the fear. We just start overwriting things that have dual meaning. So instead of society having a maturity and discussing things and saying, be aware and be alert to this, and most importantly, be educated instead of making a hasty decision. That's where the right comes from with it, I think, not the way the left frames it for the right as just being supportive of racism, et cetera, even if those people may flock there because they think it benefits them. I think that was one person saying we were supportive of QAnon mostly because it was in the title. Hello. Ah. Yeah, so we, we, it wasn't in the, in the episode title, but in, we had posted a clip that had discussed QAnon. We had discussed them in, a, uh, in our episode on the Save the Children mo movement. And it's right, again, like there's a very, if you're at all associated with something, right, it is, you know, I think we were, that's in response to your comments about, um, you know, being tied to it and then, the, then people thinking you're in support of, of QAnon. Right. Yeah, no, it's so it's it's a hot topic. It's something that we do need to talk about, right? And it's something that is it's it's tough to say. I think that we should open up these kinds of conversations. And I'm glad that we have a lot of people in here. Um, we have someone with their hand up. I want to turn it to them in just a minute. Um, first, I wanted to ask anyone watching on any of the streaming platforms, please be sure to follow us. Follow us on Twitch. Follow us on YouTube and follow us on Facebook. That's where we're gonna be streaming from now on. And we may do some other platforms here and there, but follow us to be sure that you know first when we're streaming. We also have a Discord server where we want you all to join and join the conversations with us there. We talk about lots of stuff there. We have channels built for current events, politics, money, culture, religion, and we talk about all kinds of things. And there's daily questions just to probe your brain and see what's going on in your head on any given basis. Yeah, absolutely. All kinds of different perspectives. Speaking of different perspectives, uh, someone with their, their hand up, go ahead and uh, take over. I just wanted to add in, just so that we're all on the same page, that I think we can all agree here that symbols like Nazi symbols are just 
purely bad and hateful. And I'm clarifying this just so that no one misquotes any part of this podcast episode to mm -hmm. say that we are Nazi supporters. <laughs> right. I, I just need to be clarified because nowadays you really need to be specific with what you're saying. And the part that we're arguing about is whether they should be in a free society, whether people should be allowed to have those modes of speech or not. That, that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I appreciate you spelling that out too, because a lot of people like, like we've been saying, you know, they, that distinction's not as clear, you know, a lot of times. And so we want to be clear that we're far from Nazi sympathizers. We're not here trying to say anything. Any of this is morally right to display, right? If you know a symbol is inherently going to scare people and be perceived as hateful by people, no, it's not morally right to put it up. That said, you, like you said, we're talking about this more in a legal perspective from in a free society, correct? Well, wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back a bit. So okay. in my head, I'm sitting here, I'm saying, okay, this is the right thing to say for a publicly generated podcast <laughs> discussion. But uh -huh. then I think what, what the comment said, I forgot which one it was, but if, I, think, I think it was our, our last one in regards to the aspect of the, uh, the right trying to make it more more cerebral or less cerebral that if you're just mature about the symbol it's not that big of a symbol now in mm -hmm. my head there is an there at least within the fashion world there's an artistic element to the swastika and it's being portrayed through in, in jewelry and whatnot i if if the, if they say it as the basis of fashion and it does have a true root in my head from my perspective i can say that i agree with that angle of that direction like you can make anything bad granted does it have an overwhelming side that's bad yes and I, I i use that to conduit to another point by saying do we have the same energy towards the confederate flag because the confederate flag had has had a significant pushback whether right. almost all the states that had it directly in it changed it and many people either are for or against taking down the statues that are also associated with that flag so I'll ask the people who are listening to us, um, whether it be uh, streaming or within our Zoom chat, do you feel the same way about the hate speech in view of the Confederate flag? Because many people may say the Confederate flag was for the losers of the war and America doesn't celebrate losers. And the fact that this flag is associated with a side that's pro-slavery, uh, you know, boiled down, would you say that you stay, still stand on the same side of free speech in regards to symbols? What do, you, what do you think, Zach? That's a good point. I mean, it is different. The The Confederate flag has a much more complicated history than the, the Nazi swastika. I don't want to say than the swastika, because like we've already covered, you know, the swastika has right. got a pretty complex past with Hinduism too. But if we're talking, you know, just apples to apples, Confederate flag versus the Nazi swastika, it is more complicated a situation, right? I, I kind of, so I don't personally- back, Zach. I hear I, you. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I, so I don't want to jump in too strong on either side because admittedly, I'm very uneducated on the positive elements, right? The, the Southern culture elements of it, right? Because I know the, I absolutely understand and sympathize with the side that wants the statues taken down, that want the flag gone, because I, I get it, man. Like you, that flag was a symbol of the Confederacy and the Confederacy fought for slavery in a lot of ways. Um, and that is why a lot of people have pushed back towards it, right? Same as the, the statues of Robert E. Lee, he was a general for the Confederacy mm -hmm. and fought you know, to, to preserve slavery. 
That said, after slavery was done, the flag stuck around for a long time. And there are a lot of people that then grew up to not associate with it, right? Either people that grew up in a generation after, or, you know, that then associated with their, their regional heritage, whatever. And so I don't, I don't know. Um, Again, I don't know enough about the latter to really say morally, whether or not it's inherently hateful or not. I get why to a lot of people it is. Um, and so I absolutely understand the, the argument to take down the statues and things like that. Um, but it's, it's more complicated uh, to, to say the very least. Um, we got a couple qu- comments that I wanted to get to really quick and then I'll turn it back to you and get your thoughts on it, Brandon. Okay. Um, so we got morally right or not, hate symbols like swastika and burning crosses have no place and should be banned. We got one that says you start losing all symbols like that and starts becoming what everyone thinks should be canceled. I think they should be condemned, but let them do whatever they want. Don't help hateful people breed. Let them wear a symbol to let us know who doesn't. Uh, Defacing property already is illegal. Unfortunately, cases we know are done in a cowardly way in the middle of the night. Defacing meaning burning crosses and carving swastikas and such. Um, that's a good point, right? There, There are other ways to legally have repercussions for a lot of these crimes like, you know, defacing property and things like that. You're going to burn a cross in someone's lawn. Um, now, there's also lots of loopholes around those other ways to, to get this stuff, right? So it's, you know, again, still a tricky situation. But yeah, let us know in the comments what you all think about the Confederate flag and whether or not that's different from the swastika um, or these other symbols and, and what kind of side of this you fall on with that. Uh, we got one hand up, Brandon. I'm going to turn it over to them real quick, and then I'll turn it to you if that's cool. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, I just wanted to address the comment that uh, that was talking about uh, banning um, the swastika or burning crosses. The, the, again, the thing that I brought up earlier is that this does not help solve the root cause of the underlying issue. So why do you want to ban things? Because you don't want these sort of ideas to exist, right? So that, that would be the reason behind banning. Um, it does not get rid of the root cause. It doesn't help solve that those people will still have those beliefs and they will come up with new symbols, they'll come up with new things, and then you can ban those symbols, sure. Um, but this is the perfect example of how the way to solve this is by, by engaging with them and then striking their views down with debate and with healthy discussion. Mm-hmm. If you can't confront them and you can't debate them and you can't teach them that their views are wrong and hateful, it will, they will never get rid of their views. A good example of this is um, uh, Daryl Davis, who's an uh, yeah. uh, R&B uh, musician, blues musician. Um, he went to members of the KKK and sat down with them and talked with them. And these people had never met a Black person before. Mm-hmm. They had never engaged and talked to someone like him before. And he he was very brave in doing so. But in the process, what he was a lot, uh, he gave them exposure with his speech with, and then allowing them to talk as well because mm-hmm. they're living in a free land and they're, they have their free speech rights. And what did, that, what did that engagement of discussion allow to happen? They left the, uh, the KKK, some of these individuals, they were convinced by Daryl Davis that their speech is hateful and that they should leave, they should denounce the KKK. And this is what happens when you actually engage in good conversation, allow people to have speech so that ideas can be bounced off of each other uh, so that good will eventually uh, thrive over evil. 
that that's how things should work. Yeah, that's a really good point. Brandon, you want to take in let us know what you think about the Confederate flag? I am not African American. My family immigrated from Jamaica. I'm a first generation American. So my particular ties to American history in regards to you know the the direct tribulations affected by African Americans through the government are not my own to claim. But because of the things that I'm called in this country, I acclimated. The Confederate flag as a whole, I saw it being popularized, used, it was even in clothing, um, used for everyone. And I thought, okay, I guess that's their thing. It's a Southern thing, kind of like chitlins. I don't get it. Enjoy it. <laughs> eh, not for me, but enjoy it. So looking and now seeing all the pushback in my head, the first question that I had when I was younger was, why is there this, where was this pushback before? And the answer to my own question is the push was always there. It was just never televised. Mm-hmm. So the, the push got enough noise and enough people heard about it. And I was like, oh, there is a level to this that is correct. However, my point, uh, however, my perspective also is that people in the South who are always going to be proud of America and proud what, for what they fought against should be able to keep their flag because they believe in what that flag stands for. Like, I can't tell people to not be racist. Like, it's, it's, we're going to talk about that. In my, at least we talked about it almost in our second episode. It's almost natural in almost every white American to have a level of prejudice or racism to them because of how things are depicted within the media, or at least things are how things are passed down. Um, do I think the Confederate flag has, it has no place in America today, 2020? Yes, I believe it doesn't have a place. Do I think that it has a justifiable audience, just a yeah, justifiable perspective of why its existence is here? Yes, especially since something um, Texit was just uh, proposed. Um, I guess I'll just leave it there then. Yeah, well, you bring up a good point, and one of the comments just touched on this too, and I wanted to touch on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll read the I'll read the comment first, and then I'll I'll make my point that I was going to make. So the comment says, I'm from an area before I lived in Ann Arbor, where the flag meant rebellion and anti-establishment and pushing back against the system. I hadn't really understood until Ann Arbor any other perspectives. I don't like that it makes African-Americans feel like people are uprising against them, but I also don't like that other people are telling pro-flag people what a flag means to them. Uh, It is a part of our history, good or bad, it's our history. So I'm back and forth. I think spreading the perspective of what it means is important, but understanding that it isn't absolute, what it means to everyone is also important. The the point I wanted to make, I'm going to talk about it in the format of the vaccine, right? The vaccine that we were talking about last episode. If you haven't listened to it, check out our episode on the COVID vaccine. We talked about whether or not people were going to take it and thoughts about mandates and some conspiracies were debunked. Definitely check it out. But in the meantime, one thing with the COVID vaccine that is a large issue is not just straight up anti-vaxxers, but on the fence, people that, you know, are concerned about it. And there was an article in, I don't, I'm not sure where it is, so so I won't say, uh, because I'm not, I don't remember. There's an article talking about how to reach people that were anti-vax. And it basically boiled down to empathy, right? That was really it. It boiled down to empathy. And I agreed with the perspective that if you come out at someone for any belief that they have with vitriol and anger and, and, and disagreement and everything, even if you're more or less right, right, even if, even if you have justification for having a certain stance and, and thinking that a perspective or stance of the other person's is hateful or bigoted, 
or, or misinformed or uneducated, whatever it may be, if you come out the gate swinging and you don't understand, like the commenter said, if you don't understand what this thing or symbol or whatever means to them, you're going to lose them and you're not going to change anything. You're not gonna open anyone's minds. You're not gonna understand anything about their perspective. And from there, the conversation's just going to devolve to something akin to you're just racist right. or you're just you know, ignorant or you're just a bigot. And that, that only makes things worse. Um, so I think it is important to talk about some of these other cultural aspects surrounding things like the Confederate flag, right? Because there is another side to all this that regardless of your stance on that other side, regardless of whether you agree with the other side, it's there. And the only way that you're going to be able to open anyone's minds or understand that other side is if you talk about it, um, not just writing it off immediately. Also, follow all of our social medias. I'm currently posting the same question. Is the Confederate flag considered hate speech across on Say What Needs saying on Instagram and on Facebook and Say What Needs on Twitter? So don't forget to check us out there. The conversation always continues outside of the direct pod. We got a comment that I agree with. It says we should talk about free speech and government versus private industry. Um, yeah, we touched on this briefly earlier, you know, and how we, we were talking about how we're mostly talking about government right now. We're talking about whether or not government has the ability or the right to restrict your freedom of speech, whether that's through banning symbols or, or what have you. There is the other side of it. There is the private industry. There is the matter of whether or not private industries should be able to ban symbols. Not only that, but also the idea of whether or not private industries should be able to display symbols, right? Which it then gets into whether or not the government can restrict it. So yeah, those are two very different ideas. And so let us know in the comments, what do you think about government banning free speech, private businesses banning or allowing different speech, or whether or not you think these are separate discussions, separate issues, or whether you think they should be handled the same. One of the reactions that I got um, from someone on social media was that they should be treated the same, that mm -hmm. the public space should be treated the same as the private space. And that at that point, everything is, you know, it's all equal, right? Because if it's hateful, then it is on some level violence and it should you shouldn't be able to display these things. And then that said, you know, there's also the idea of should businesses be able to ban speech? Um, and there's been a lot of pushback about that as well lately. Um, I've seen lots of instances in the news, especially here in Ann Arbor, um, there have been a handful of businesses that have forced employees to take off Black Lives Matter shirts things of that nature, using the justification of, well, it's my business. I don't like the political message underlying it, et cetera, et cetera. Take it off kind of thing, right? And so so what do you all think about this? What do you all think about private industry and government and free speech? We have one person with their hand up. Uh, go ahead and take over. Hey, guys, thank you so much uh, for having yeah. me here tonight. So um, I, I just, I'm just trying to play catch up with everything here because I just got I just got in here real quick. When it comes to first off the the Confederate flag and everything like that, I just want to briefly say that, yeah, I mean the, the the Confederate flag has a known history for being the flag of the South, and what the South represented was of course uh, slavery. You know, trying to uh, ended up what ended up in going into a civil war where they apparently wanted to uh, have the right to maintain their slaves. So for me, uh, 
it's not so much about it being hate speech as it is what the flag represents to basically all almost all black Americans and um, and and how that should be respected as a known symbol of hate and what that means to them. Now, when it comes to like hate speech laws and things like that, I mean, you could sit here and say all you want that, you know, uh, hate speech is a form of censorship. But my problem with that is, is that it's also used as a loophole for people to be able to display those flags, knowing full well what they're doing when they do so, if you get what I mean. So do I, th- I feel like there should be some restrictions in, in, in place because it's kind of like my grandma always used to say, you know, you have the right to, you have the right to freely speak, but you also have the right to keep your mouth closed too. And that's not on the constitution, but that's just should be common sense. As far as businesses and, and companies go, uh, I believe you were asking if, you know, if uh, how we feel about businesses and private entities enforcing those hate speech uh, rules. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, anything on that, you know, whether you think they should be handled the same public and private sector or whether they should be right. able to ban uh, speech if the, in the absence of hate speech laws, things of that nature, stuff like that. Right. Well, I will tell you this, that there are... Um, even the military made it, uh, they, the military has even uh, told its soldiers and those that are in the military that they cannot display Confederate flags, I believe, when they're on base, while they're uh, living on base. So they have, you know, if the military is telling you, of all things, that their soldiers are not allowed to display that, what, does that, what should that tell you for the rest of the country as well? I mean, um, you know, private entities, I mean, you know, uh, Twitch, which is a very popular streaming service owned by Amazon, they uh, made it a rule this year, I believe, that nobody on their streams could display the Confederate flag. So let's be honest here, okay? <laughs> I don't understand why this is even, this, this really should not be a, a conversation because most people that, it's kind of like, why would somebody display a Nazi flag, right? They know what they're doing. It's enticing. I, as much as I hate to say this, you know, you can even say the Trump flag is getting to that level. Not, not as low, not, it's not going to be on the same level as a Nazi flag. Heaven no, forbid. but they, they, they can hang but, in the same area. I've seen it. Right. But the thing is, is that it just, the thing is, is that it should not be, it shouldn't, we shouldn't have to have these laws in place. People should just know better and have respect for their fellow human and, and respect for their fellow, especially the black Americans who, once again, I said this before, for the past 400 years have been systemically, have, have faced systemic racism almost all throughout their history, have faced hate in some way, shape or form, as well as being prejudiced against in segregation. So, I mean, you know, that's what I believe those laws are trying, are, are there for, for that reason, is because the kind of people that typically display those flags are probably not the best kind of people that are displaying those flags. Now I'm all for, now I will say that those flags should be in museums as a symbol of history. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, we're tearing down statues and things like that. You know, people are tearing down statues of like Columbus, Robert E. Lee and things like that. You know, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of seen as a, um, to some, to most people, it's seen as, as if we're giving them a space to be celebrated and we shouldn't be celebrating those sort of things. I'm all, I'm fine for like going into a museum. I've been to a civil war museums before I've seen Confederate flags there displayed. Uh, I've been to several other museums like world war II museums and things like that. And I've seen Nazi flags displayed. It doesn't bother me when I see those there and it, it shouldn't really bother anybody to see those there because you know, when you going when you're going into a museum or a place like that, you're going to see those things. And those things are there for historical purposes. Right. So, but if you're out flying a rebel, you know, rebel flag on your truck or what have you, you know full well 
that is that is a symbol that is going to cause some that could cause violence that could that is uh, enticing to hate uh and things of that nature and so yeah i firmly believe there should be laws in place i mean i know i'm 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 against censorship censorship myself but there's a fine line between censorship and doing things that can entice hate and violence and etc you know what i mean well, I, Zach, well, Zach, you want to go first or me? I, let me go really quick. I'll, go I'll crazy. Go crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, so I want to push back on a couple points that you made. Um, so I think that and the first uh, the first point is I don't think, you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, censorship is censorship. Um, and so I think that while I agree with I, I see where the sentiment underlying your your positions coming from, I, I think at the end of the day, censorship is censorship. The other thing now that's not saying that things like fighting words or things that imminently incite violence should be allowed, right? I understand that there are exceptions currently built in. I, the specific point I wanted to get to is when you were talking about the Trump flag. And so I want to preface this by saying I'm not a big Trump fan, even though I voted for the guy. So I wouldn't personally have a Trump flag. I don't think, you know, I'm not that invested in the guy's, in the guy's agenda to, to back him hard enough to have a flag. But that said, I, I voted for him. And I think that there's a lot of sentiment around this kind of symbology, not just the flag, the MAGA hat. There's been numerous cases where people get punched in the face or you know, the hat stolen or whatever around this, around this hat or this flag or whatever. Students being told to take down Trump flags when they're in Zoom class and things like that. And I get it, right? Trump's a divisive person and he's said a lot of you know, hateful rhetoric. And, I, and so I get it. But my, my problem with saying that I'm, I'm against censorship, but I want to censor these hateful symbols. And by the way, I think that the Trump flag is also a hateful symbol, or at least that it's getting there. I don't want to put words in your mouth. You did say that it's, it's getting there, not that it is on the same level. But I, I think that that to me is, is scary because like if I were a little more in support hmm. of Trump, maybe I were to have a flag of his, right? And now I I understand, like I said, I understand the sentiment behind it, and I understand the the dislike and the vitriol underlying people against Trump, and that's why I'm not the biggest fan of his, is for a lot of those same reasons, right? But yeah. it's yeah. the it's the slippery slope argument, and I know that has a lot of less credibility to a lot of people than than it does to me and to others, but I think that that is a perfect example of how right now it's swastikas and Confederate flags, and then it's the Trump flag, but it's not just the Trump flag. It's the Trump flag, and well, obviously, it should be the Trump flag because look at all the hate associated with it. And so that's my problem is that subjectively, people will choose these symbols, these words, and that, no, they're not in government. They're not the ones setting these laws. Um, but that while that sentiment is there, populist politicians and ones that are going with public sentiment will will go along with that sentiment and at least propose things. I know they can't just sign into law whatever they want. But yeah, so that's the the slippery slope slope argument for me is is where I have a problem with with that point. To kind of counter that point, I've I've always been a, a fan of, um, you know, I I'm a big fan of the Constitution and and uh, I've read it several times through. My problem with that is though, you know, these amendments were created a few hundred years ago, right? And I firmly believe that at that time and place when they were created, they were created a, around a specific uh, state of society. Okay. And society has clearly evolved in what, three, 400 years, right? We have absolutely changed from what we once were in the 1700s to what we are now in the uh, now 2020s. Okay. 
And our forefathers built that constitution around a societal state of mind, right? Back then, people were cool with slavery, right? Well, except slaves, right? And, and I mean, but, but I feel that those amendments like free speech and et cetera should evolve as we evolve as a society. And they should have a little bit more of a defined state of being that fits with the society that we are in as we progress, okay? I agree with so, that. I so the so. thing, because, you know, it's kind of like, not to get all religious here, but the Bible, right? We'll talk about this for a second. You have an Old Testament and you have a New Testament. A lot of more millennial type Christians refer to the New Testament when Jesus came and he got rid of the Old Testament. You know, they don't sacrifice lambs and stuff like that, right? That They did away with those things, okay? But should not that same thing kind of apply here with our constitution that's now 400 years old? And should we not progress, should our constitution not progress based on the societal state of mind that we're in as we progress as the years go by, that is something that I'm a firm believer in. You know, back then they didn't have a Nazi flag. Back then they didn't have a Confederate flag when they first made this constitution, right? Mm -hmm. So as you're gonna say, well, it's a slippery slope with censorship, but should we not also evolve that state of mind as well, right? So it's important to know that, yes, I mean, you know, we want people to be able to freely speak their mind, but, it's always not a good thing to also, it's not a good thing to allow people to speak their mind freely, especially when it can cause violence, hate, murders, you name it, all, all the bad things, right? So the thing about it is, is that hate speech, hate speech, hate speech, I can't talk tonight myself, I can't speak tonight myself, but <laughs> it's, it's a slippery slope. And I get that, uh, you know, the want to be able to let people speak their mind or display their flags, I get that. But in the same token, we need to be able to evolve with time too and realize that most of those people, I would imagine statistically, who have those flag, who have a Confederate flag or a Nazi flag, are probably not the best kind of people and probably should not be allowed to display those, whether it be on their lawn or their truck, things of that nature. I mean, you could say the same about your job, right? All, almost all of us have worked a, a job at some point where we're in a business. What do they always tell us? Don't wear logos that display what? violence hate do you have a problem when when your job tells you those things do you go to them and say but i have my constitutional right of freedom of speech so i don't care what you think right they do those things for a reason we have those reasons in place for certain for for, because i don't want to i mean i'm sure last thing a black american wants to see while they're at their office job is a couple of white folks come in with rebel flags on their shirts and that's going to bother them that there's reasons for these things that's what i'm getting at we might not like it, but they're there for a reason. You know what I mean? And I think I, I completely see what you're saying. Now, one tiny point I would have to push back on is when you said, um, was it the, the, the people who may have these flags when they stand behind the Nazi flag or even the three percenter flag, which many people may not be hip to that, but that might be an episode coming up uh, soon. What's the three percenter um, flag? Oh, man, that. that is that's intense. That's like we'll have to send that to me later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> the three percenters are very strong. Yeah, like, if there's like right wing, then there's like super duper right wing. It's it's oh. more it's more. Um, if I saw someone just hanging, uh, hanging a, a swat, uh, like a Nazi flag, yeah, versus a, a the American flag with the, the the three Roman numerals in it, I'd go to the side of the Nazi flag first. But <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, in regards to to what you were saying, the people who may have the the swastika, they might they may not be the best people. 
I think some of them may be some of the greatest people only because I don't think that symbol may necessarily signify who that person may be. And I say that to preface, some people may look at someone that wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt and may think of all the looting and hate and all the stuff that's associated that some people associate with that, that, uh, that slogan. And I'm sure there are great people wearing, there's good and bad people on the other side. There's great people wearing the, you know, the military uniform, and then there's bad people wearing the military uniform. There's good people who wear a cop uniform. There's very fine people on both sides. Who, me? I mean, you can. I mean, you can. (laughs) You don't want to walk that back. I'm I'm trying to see. No, no, no. I want to see if I I would like to walk that back. No, you're good. I'm just messing with you. (laughs) No, no, no. But you're, no, no, no. Because we're laughing here. It could be hell in six months um, or six years or 60 years. That's America. Um, but I, no, I do think they're the, the root of, I think people are inherently good. So I think with okay. that basis, I can say that outside of this flag, there's still great people. They, they can be nurturers. They can be protectors. Hold on. You, you still think people, you hold I, I'm sorry to interrupt. You think you, wow, you must really have some faith in humanity still. You think people are still inherently good. Even if they display these flags, you think they're inherently good oh, people? Yeah. Well, I think. I think I would say that certain, so as a, as a, I still, well, I worked really hard to try to claim the, uh, the title scientist working in undergrad. And as with the scientific perspective that I kind of like walk around with, I kind of th- see things a bit more objectively. So like if we were to talk about World War II. You're uh, like a glass half full kind of guy. Well, yeah, it was just like the, the guy who created, uh, not napalm, I forgot what it was. He created some type of chemical weapon that was used uh, in, it was used on for the benefit of, you know, the, the, the Nazis and whatnot. What he did was allow for uh, nitrate to be used in soil all across the world, which allowed for like three to four billion people to eat. And you were to say that everything the Nazi did was bad. In my head, there are aspects of that that has allowed for three to four billion people to live and eat. So I'm like, is it bad? Yes, the word bad. Morally, yes, you may say the word bad, but objectively, there are some good points that can come from it. Well, and look at the people that Daryl Davis converted. I would argue that those KKK members are good people that were misguided. They're good people that were fell victim to a hateful rhetoric and and ideology that they were misguided by. And the fact that Daryl Davis was able to convert them and show them you are living a hateful lifestyle, You're, you're wearing these clothes and these symbols that are having this effect on people, stop being a KKK member and he's able to convert 200 plus people. I would argue like, I, I, I'm with you on that, Brendan. I do think people are inherently good. I think that people are easily manipulated and drawn, uh, you know, pushed astray. Um, but, but I do agree. I think that, you know, that to me now are all of them. No, I mean, people have been misguided. People have been indoctrinated mm-hmm. with hateful rhetoric and have mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, vitriol within their, their system. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree on that point. Um, I I I want to make one uh, say one make one more point real quick before mm-hmm. uh, you guys let somebody else. But sure, you know how it says all men are created equal, right? And mm-hmm. we truly are, but not all speech is equal. That's the difference. And the thing is, is that I guess I could kind of say that I, I guess I'm kind of for protecting the kind of like protecting thought that we hate, but. Mm-hmm. I'm not for protecting speech that entices hate. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Like you're allowed to have your thoughts, right? But you know, like our parents used to always tell us, keep it to yourself. <laughs> and I feel as if I don't, I don't think that there should be a constitutional precedent. We have to make an amendment saying, okay, you can't say the N word. You can't say, you know what I mean? That's just petty, right? That's stupid. 
But I do feel that states, based off maybe even based off of their own um, ethical make uh, ethical makeup, right? So considering this state has this many people live here, et cetera, maybe they should look at tweaking with, within the states, not necessarily make it a federal thing, you know, where we're going to say, okay, we're going to uh, adjust the First Amendment, right? You have freedom of speech, but they need to make it down to a more uh, on, on a state level and let them kind of let the states decide, along with obviously people, <laughs> on, on what should happen, because I want to make it very clear. I don't, me myself, I don't think that every single person, I'm going to clear this up, that has a, a rebel flag is an inherently bad person. They might have just, they just they might be miseducated, right? They, they probably just see it as a rebellious thing, okay? And not necessarily know the history and the background of that. And that's where we need to have that education more than, than uh, maybe just putting rules to everything. But I will say that people that, have a Nazi flag hanging outside their house. I'm a little concerned about that. You know, maybe maybe display those things in the privacy of your own home, but maybe not so much outside for people to, you know, because you know some people that how they how some people can get these days they can do these things just to purposely piss people off, you know. And they know what they're doing. A lot of them do, but uh, but yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing. We've got someone with their hand up. Looks like they've had their hand up for a little while. So we're going to go ahead and let him go. All right. Uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts, Brian. Uh, enjoyed hearing some of that. In terms of uh, if, if a Nazi flag is hanging outside a home, it's better to identify them rather than being them putting it inside their house and then me not knowing that uh, my neighbors are Nazi. And I brought this up point up earlier um, before you had joined is that shutting these symbols off do not solve the root problem. And the root problem is they have hateful thoughts, they have these uh, ideologies that they believe in, and it does not change those ideologies at all. Banning them actually pushes them further. They then go onto the internet and find these dark spaces on the internet where they can they form their conglomerates and then actually you banning causes them to get more violent. That's that's the unintended consequences of banning uh, free speech. And and that that aside, let's let's take the other other problem. Sure, like let's humor the fact that constitutional amendments can be made to allow free speech. Well, that's been tried in a lot of countries, and it and the problem is that who decides uh, what what gets banned and what doesn't, and then governments often mess this up. One good example of this is France. France uh, banned the niqab, which is an Islamic uh, garment for those who are more, women who are more conservative. They decided to ban the niqab for uh, in in public spaces in schools and things like that. Um, but then, more recently, uh, there's been an outrage because um, there was a murder associated with uh, drawing off uh, the Prophet Muhammad. So, uh, and then th what they decided was okay, but for, for this symbol, uh, we're actually gonna, this is actually our, our exertion of free speech. So you're taking this, the same religion, one faction of it, you are, you're allowing, um, you're not allowing them to express themselves in public with their clothing, which is, a, which is comprised of free speech. And then when they get violent because of that, in the name of free speech, you're saying that, okay, it's okay to draw uh, cartoons of Prophet Muhammad. So, that's a dualistic interpretation of it. 
another example. So I, I'm from uh, Bangladesh and in my country, uh, one of the a few decades ago, there was a uh, prominent writer who wrote some articles and books, uh, very controversial, had a lot, lot of um, blasphemous things you can consider. And people in that country thought that this is, um, this is okay to ban. So they banned this person, they exiled her. But what, ha what has happened decades later? This has gone totally wrong because people actually wanted to read her books. People wanted to read her uh, articles. People wanted to read these things. And you can see China doing this. China's banning a lot of uh, things that don't go with what the government thinks is okay with the, uh, with the CCP. Um, governments can intervene, but it always goes wrong. You can see numerous examples of it. That's why it's better to, on the private, on the individual levels, to decide what is okay and what's not okay. That, just wanted to summarize my thoughts. Yeah, thanks for sharing. We got a bunch of comments coming in, so we want to go through and, and read through those. There are also a couple that happened a, a little bit ago, um, so we'll go back after hitting these more recent ones. Um, we'll, we'll go back and forth and read them. Yeah, so the, the most recent ones that we've gotten, the listener just speaking now got a couple compliments saying that that was a, a good point um, and a good way of thinking or uh, looking at these things. Um, they said that they're not thinking about banning certain words and such, but more so putting up guardrails. We then had a person that said, um, I agree. And I think that Muhammad, the prophet, is a good example where speech should be protected. And it may offend every religion out there. But if things like South Park, where they have Jesus doing coke as a joke, it's not fair to ban it for a specific re religion. Giving into hate is also a form of this. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's lots of people that have done, I suppose, intentionally offensive um, things where they are, they're um, parodying or, or depicting Muhammad, right, for that exact reason, for the exact reason that the speech is restricted, that you're not supposed to do it, that you're not supposed to talk about it, um, or, or depict it, rather, um, just like people have made memes about um, Winnie the Pooh and China, specifically because you're not supposed to talk about that and have any reference of Winnie the Pooh in really? China. Yeah, so the there was a meme, I don't remember where the exact origin of it was, but basically, any reference to Winnie the Pooh is not allowed in, in China and other companies are actually bending to this and not and taking out references from their content to, to allow it in China. And it's because people have compared uh, Xi Jinping to Winnie the Pooh in appearance and they've oh. said that he looks like Winnie the Pooh. Um, yeah, someone just commented and said, said that I just got banned in China. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> Had to say funny. what needs saying, and now China has banned say what needs saying. So <laughs> that fast, just that fucking fast. Wow. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's a it's an interesting <laughs> point, right? Is that banning speech in a lot of ways, at least in at least in America, I don't know internationally what this is like, but banning speech also has a sizable pushback. Banning speech has a sizable pushback. I mean, um, Steven Crowder, he did a parody of BuzzFeed's painting with uh, menstrual blood video. Oh, no. BuzzFeed had done a, a video where they were doing uh, painting with menstrual blood, something about, uh, I don't know, women, well, female empowerment or, or something. We should have a glow in the dark one painting with <laughs> semen. I'm sorry. That will go away. 
but so they had done that and so crowder had done a parody of that where he painted he did two episodes one where it was just bob ross paints and then one where it was bob ross paints with menstrual blood and both times he was painting the the prophet muhammad and so yeah so people inevitably will push back against it at least in america because it is a a restriction of speech and that they that they disagree with it (laughs) and someone said that they thought your joke was funny and i should have laughed harder so i apologize (laughs) (laughs) i'm okay with it you know it's not the most comedic platform i know that i just enjoy the little humor i get and i keep it moving (laughs) hate speech sorry <laughs> but um but yeah you know it's it's a good point um and a lot of these other cultures don't have free to, freely protected speech um germany is one example where nazi symbology is banned in a lot of in a lot of instances right you're not allowed to show swastikas in a lot of different instances and you can be jailed for up to three years for it and so yeah so it's a very different um case in other countries like like the listener was saying how in, in America, where it's protected and these other countries may not be, it's a very different uh, situation. Would you like to go back to the, read the previous comments just so we can get those on the Yeah, board? yeah, for right, sure. I'll, I'll start it out. Um, it says, can, symbol be used as, can symbols be used as harassment? So if you look at, if you look at it protected, discrimination groups, um, the reason that is the reason that is okay is because it is harassment, not free speech. So what about when the symbols are thrown in people's faces or following people showing off a symbol? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that one, so the first thing that comes to my mind, honestly, with that is like people like very verbally assertive or aggressive protesters, right? That to me sounds now the the symbology is very different, right? Whether you're, you're holding up a, a sign that, that has a swastika on it, or if you're holding up a sign that I, I don't know, let's say you're a protester outside Planned Parenthood, right? Another example that's often talked about is as maybe uh, language that is is I don't know hateful on some le- level, right? Is so it I, I don't know. I think it would probably be protected, right? As long as if the speech itself was protected, I would think that being I, I don't know persistent with the speech would also be protected. But I don't know. I mean, at a certain point, right? obviously like we said fighting language and things are are exceptions so i don't know specifically where that can be where that line is drawn and i think we should make it clear too legally speaking we've all expressed views right on what we think is the case the reality is not only can the constitution be amended but there are cases in various freedoms where restrict um where exceptions are made and where cases are held up Um, so, you know, we also have a constitutional right to due process, but stop and frisk was allowed, right? That was, that was allowed to be implemented. And a lot of people would push back on that saying it's unconstitutional, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everything that is thought of as unconstitutional from any one person in this group or whatever is actually going to forever be unconstitutional. Like this stuff can change, even though there are some people that think that, you know, there are some absolutes and maybe it shouldn't change. Right. So that's something to keep in mind too, that, that it is possible to change, even though, even if, you know, if, if that's not necessarily your personal goal. Um, we had eight, we had six more new chats that just popped into the, unless you want to okay. continue to go through the other uh, ones. 
Um, we can we can just jump to the next ones, I guess. Yeah. Um, let's see. So the the first one says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging freedom of speech or of the press. It doesn't say that anyone else can't impose on your right to freely speak, just the government cannot interfere with those rights. Yeah, and that's what we were talking about with the private sector, right? It is different, right? If you walk into my store at, with a swastika on your shirt, I can tell you to get the hell out of my store. I can tell you, like, you're not allowed in here. I don't, I don't want to serve you because, you know, I think that symbol is, is hateful. Now, I... <laughs> If anyone is a legal expert, maybe there are certain states where that's not the case. I, I don't want to speak for all cases always, but but yeah, generally private sector has a lot more freedom in that regard. And they can they can restrict your speech a little more. We talked about Twitter, right? And that's why things like Parler are starting to take off a little more, is because people are starting to get fed up with some of the social media censorship. But they're, you know, in a lot of cases, private sector are within their rights to restrict that speech for sure. Um, let's see, we had a couple other new comments. That is a huge point. Nazi symbols may be banned in Germany. Their awareness of wrongdoings from World War II is really dumbed down and oversimplified. So that supports our fears of throwing out symbols doing the opposite of what we intend. Um, I Saying we are overwriting history and knowledge. I think where Brandon's comment fails is things that cross over from symbols to protected groups, Black Lives Matter, for example. Um, that's a great point about Germany. Right, their, their laws have, um, or Brandon, uh, sorry, Brian's comment. Um, Brian's comment fails as things that cross over from symbols to protected groups, Black Lives Matter, for example. So it's a great, a great point about Germany. Um, their laws have since relaxed a little bit, but originally their ban was much more expansive. So Wolfenstein is a game that takes place. It has a lot of Nazi symbolism in it. It deals with the Nazis, right? You're, and in Wolfenstein, you were, I believe it was Wolfenstein. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but at some at when it was released, it had to be changed. The swastikas were changed to some kind of triangular symbol, and the um, the figure was it wasn't Hitler. Um, it wasn't Adolf Hitler. It was some other name that they gave him um, that it wasn't actually Hitler. And so Hitler's face was banned at some point. Um, any use of the swastika was banned at some point. And so it, I don't want to say within textbooks or history, I don't want to say everything, but it was much more restrictive. And so I think that, yes, at the, at the ultimate side of that, um, you do run the risk of, of tainting the uh, display or, or education of history because you may not have it, right? That was the argument for some of the statues too, is leave the statues up, teach people that they were you know, they did good things X, Y, Z, and they were a shitty person for these other three reasons, or they, you know, whatever the thing is, right? Or if they were a very bad person, then use it as a reminder of that, you know, so there's arguments to be made on that side, for sure. We got uh, someone with their hand up. Um, you can go ahead. I don't see you, so I can't lower it. Oh, there you are. Go ahead. Yep. Um, I just wanted to address the question that, um, in very interesting question that Brian posed in the chat, which is, um, does hate speech, hate speech serve any positive functions in a democratic social order? Um, and uh, I'll let you guys chime in as well, but um, my thought is yes, it does serve some positive functions. Positive functions in the sense that it lets people know that this is hate speech. You can be very educated about it and you can discern right from wrong. Um, if you know 
what is what is allowed out there. Um, I know in a lot of cases, people uh, aren't able to discern that, but when you allow free speech, when you allow those, those uh, hate speeches to uh, prevail, they automatically die down because those ideas are oftentimes dumb and they, they have a lot of logical flaws in them. And what happens is uh, with rigorous debate, with, um, with society just teaching that these are hateful things, they automatically die down over time. So I think there is benefit to that because ultimately these ideas are, can be shut down with reason, with logic, um, just by showing people that, and by educating people that these are not ideals that we stand for. Let's see, we did get a couple other comments that we wanna go through so we don't miss them. Someone said, yes. Um, so following up on that question of you know, what positive elements it may bring to a society, um, yes, awareness, opportunity to change minds. And in a free society, you don't govern to a utopia. You let the culture evolve to it. People aren't a cancer you can cut out. Taking a stand against symbols pushes people back from your cause instead of listening to your case. Um, then we had another response. It says, does hate speech impose on another, impose on another person's rights? Don't people have the right to pursue their own happiness without fear of being harassed or bullied or even have slurs thrown their way? I think so. It depends on, I mean... Pursuit of happiness, right? That's something that comes up a lot. And yes, so someone responded and said, yes, that's discrimination. Pursuit of happiness is something that comes up, right? And so yes, on some level, that is a another implied right of, you know, being able to pursue happiness. And inevitably, if you are presented with a hateful image or something that is disturbing to you, then obviously that is going to affect your happiness. That said, I, I think that happiness and the pursuit of happiness are two are kind of are conflated oftentimes, right? Just because someone is affecting your happiness, in, in this case by making you fearful and making you think, yeah, well, and so yes, we do have, as someone pointed out, we have anti-discrimination laws. So yes, in a lot of these cases, there are there are coverages that fall outside of just freedom of speech, right? And so you do have anti-discrimination laws that protect against a lot of this. But when it comes to just maybe displaying right some of these sim symbols that then, you know, it, let's say you have a Confederate flag up and someone of African American descent goes past it and feels uncomfortable. I don't necessarily think that in and of itself is infringing on someone's right to pursue happiness because they are still free to pursue happiness. Like that, that element is, is just present. You, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of talking in circles. I don't know if Brandon, if you have any thoughts on this, this comment. No, I get what you mean. And then I couldn't even come up with an answer. I was hoping that, you know, the, the, the population could inform me because I couldn't immediately come up with it. And it makes sense to inform, but I don't think you need hate speech to inform. Yeah. Um, agreed. You know what I mean? You don't have to use the N-word to say how slavery was wrong. Right. So, but I mean, all of these are all informing me. And, you know, that just even shows to the testament that this platform is, is even like expanding my awareness to things. So, mm -hmm. no, I don't objectively don't have a, a stance on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's a good distinction, though, that, that people have brought up, right? There is a difference between protected, um, you know, anti-discrimination laws and then free speech laws. There are laws put in place that protect against discrimination based on certain factors, race, sex, um, now sexual orientation and, and gender identity and things of that nature, right? And so that is protected. And so in that way, you do have protection against that 
um, if you were to if you were to be discriminated against for that reason. But that said, some of them fall outside of that, right? So displaying a symbol of like this doesn't necessarily fall into that category. We had a comment, it says, I mean, if we want to maintain a peaceful and civil society, we have to avoid inflammatory language that is gratuitously aimed at provoking others. There's always a time and place for everything, but not always for hate speech. Um, but what about people that want to claim, quote, free speech as a means to get away with discrimination? Where does one right end and another end? Not that I agree because I don't, um, you know, it's, it's tough. I, and that's a case for, you know, for the legal side, right? And I don't know, I don't want to pretend to know because I'm not sure where, where that falls, right? Um, someone responded, they said, good view, the N-word, that is a great example of dual meaning, what it means to an African-American by an African-American versus Caucasian or others. And so, yes, yeah, so, yeah, go ahead, Brandon. I would say, and, and, and it is a dual meaning thing, and I, I almost to the point where kind of like you would say, at least when the Confederate flag, you you know, it's it happened. You ask people not to use it. You ask for the status to be taken out. It was taken down. There's mm -hmm. gripe about it, but it's taken down. The N-word also has that level of, can we stop saying it? There's people who still say the, can we stop saying it? I'm on the side of, can objectively, can we stop saying it? But there's certain things as in, it's so much so in the lexicon. It's so much so in the music. It's so much so in everything you hear in the movies. Uh, Quentin Tarantino probably won't even write a movie unless it's in the first sequence. So, I mean, I think there's certain aspects of it that you can't fight, or at least the society has to come to an agreement on a whole on it before you can, you know, write it into law or present it as a law. Yeah. Um, one thing that we had requested from one of our listeners that we wanted that they wanted us to bring up was the ACLU. So I'm going to paste a link right now in the comments of the Zoom chat. If you're not listening live, uh, we'll post this in the show notes eventually. But basically, um, we wanted to get everyone's thoughts on the ACLU and what their role in all of this is. And so basically, the, the ACLU has, uh, I posted the link that's to their, their about page. Right. And so they're a nonprofit that fights in various ways for civil rights and civil liberties. And they're involved in a lot of different cases. You can play around on their site. You can click the issues that they're involved in. And, you know, some of them that are listed immediately capital punishment, criminal law reform, disability rights, free speech, HIV, human rights, juvenile, just all kinds of things. Um, and so things like this. What do let us know in the comments what you think the role of the private industry in the form of maybe these nonprofits and things are in helping to regulate these issues, right? When it comes to free speech issues, what role it does the ACLU have or other nonprofits like it that are more or less in defense of free speech? You know, what role do you think they play in pushing this issue one way or another? If you believe that, you know, this speech should be protected, what role do you think that they play in protecting it? And if you think that the speech itself is an infringement on your civil liberties as the recipient of the speech, what role do you think that they have in changing that law or in, you know, helping to protect those civil liberties? Um, so yeah, any comments, any thoughts about that, feel free to let us know in the, in the comments in the chat and, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But we wanted to just bring it up because a lot of people aren't actually aware of the ACLU. And so it's something that it's, well, I haven't actually said it. It's the American Civil Liberties Union. 
is what it stands for. Let us know in the in the comments. In the meantime, we got a couple comments that were in reference to what we were talking about before. Um, it says, so we brought up civil war, and I think especially for your conservative viewers, you want might want to mention the dual history polarized by politics of why the civil war happened. Important when talking about the Confederate flag. Um, yeah, so I think, that, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Brandon. I'll, I'm gonna leave that, this, my point is gonna be short. And I, you're right, across the board, we should do that. On my end, I'll stand behind. I don't give a damn. Exactly how the perspective of the flag. And granted, you're right. To say what he's saying, it would be right for us to do so. My opinion, per se, I wouldn't necessarily change. But we can we almost do a whole episode on it. Um, Zach, if I gave you, this was more enough time for Zach to pull up the information if you had it at hand. Um, yeah, well, so I think some of the comments uh, talked about this earlier, and I do think we missed a couple. And so I apologize for oh, that. But basically, the, the notion is that on the one hand, people believe that it was about slavery and, you know, North versus South should or should not slavery be legal. And there are some people that believe that it was about states' rights and whether or not they should have the ability to have slavery be legal because their economy depended so much on agriculture and, and slavery at the time. But depending on who you ask, they will focus more or less on the agriculture and more or less on the slavery. Um, I think, honestly speaking, as someone who is leans more conservative, I think that I lean towards the, the belief that it was about slavery, right? I think clearly now some of the other things may have played into it. Obviously, it's a multifaceted issue. You're not going to go to any war for, you know, something, I don't know, unilateral. You're not going to, you're not going to war over corn. You're going to war <laughs> over cotton. And if we're going to war over cotton, we're going to war over the people who pick it. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's not to say that states' rights or things like that weren't at all a factor. But I do think that, you know, that it was large, largely about slavery. Um, but that's a, it's a good point to bring up that, again, that's why a lot of these, a lot of people have very differing views on the Confederate flag. Um, we had a comment that said it was about slavery as an oppressive, lazy thing or slavery as a need for industry, which is the clarifying point. Right. And so, oh, right, right, yeah. Right. So, so yeah, so it's because, you know, either because you rely on it or, or that someone then said slavery was part of the economic system. Yeah. So there, right. There was a lot more to go on than just should slavery be legal or not. And so I get that that sometimes translates into different perceptions of the Confederate flag, right? And it, it plays into a lot of what we were talking about earlier of these different perceptions of that symbol of that flag. Um, someone said the South was trying to protect that economic system. And yeah, and you know, and you know, that, hey, me... that was, you know, a part of it. And someone said both the South isn't innocent either. And yeah, yeah. In any regard, yes. Yeah, so it's like qualifying statements like that are interesting. Like they're trying to protect the economic system. And in, in the eyes of strictly a uh, uh, strict economic focus, sure, but there's a human on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. And there's like right. a series of humans on this on that side of that. Right. And so I think that's one of the things like it's like, yes, um, this is my personal stance, right? I don't want to make this sound like this is me speaking for conservatives or anything like that. I don't know. I don't focus as much on that as the slavery. I think that I, I get it. I get where that point comes from, but I get that it's a part of it. I just think that the slavery was, was a larger facet of it. And, and it is, you know, you can't separate them. You can't separate the two because like the listener said, right, slavery was a large part of the economy and was a large part of how they ran their states. And so obviously it was about both. It's just, you know, how, how people, I guess, perceive it. Um, we've got one person up with their, with their hand up. Go ahead. 
Yeah, so uh, I think it's funny you bring up the ACLU because actually it's the 100th anniversary of the ACLU. They were founded yeah. in 1920. So uh, <laughs> nice you guys yeah. brought that up. Happy anniversary. Um, <laughs> happy anniversary, right, to uh, to uh, civil liberties for everybody. Anyway, um, but um, of course ACLU stands behind freedom of speech. Uh, they've been, you know, they have always been the ones to make statements such as, you know, uh, if we can tolerate hate speech, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to be one step behind being a Nazi con- uh, being a Nazi country. So I do think it is important to tolerate hate speech. I don't, I kind of want to kind of go back to what I said earlier that I don't feel as if, because we're not going to be able to make laws on, you know, oh, you said the N-word, you're going to jail, right? You can't do that, right? Like, like how are we, how's that going to happen? It's not going to happen. But I will say that, um, the ACLU also believes in freedom of expression too, which I have not heard yet on this uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and expression is also considered a form of speech. So I'm kind of curious, how do you guys feel about freedom of expression as well? Like being able to wear shirts, wear whatever, do, you know what I mean? Like, do you also feel that there is, do you also feel there is, uh, you know, I know Zach, you're, you're a big proponent of censorship. Um, I am to an extent uh, in certain in certain ways, but how do you also does does that censorship carry over to freedom of one's being of one being able to express himself anywhere they want as well? Well, I want to jump in really quick, and I don't know if it was just you misspeaking. I'm guessing that I you had said you may have misspoken, but you said that I'm a big proponent of censorship, and so I'm the opposite. Oh, I mean, no, I mean, not, okay. not, not, I'm sorry, not <laughs> okay. censorship. Sorry okay, about that. I just wanted to clarify. Uh, freedom of just, speech, yeah, freedom of yeah, speech. I, I meant just the same to thing. <laughs> I meant that for me as well. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> right. No, you're good. But uh, but yeah, but yeah. Yeah, but but it's a good point, right? I think so. My personal stance is that freedom of expression is what should be protected, and speech is an element of expression, right? So I think that mm-hmm. you know. Okay. generally now that that's tricky right what do you consider expression and what don't you consider expression that's that kind of what i was going to ask you yeah right and <laughs> and it's tricky right and it's kind of a case yeah. by case there's a lot of things that may you know masks was an issue that came up with a lot of people right they were equating it with clothing and then we're saying that maybe this is mm-hmm. a expression issue and so is it unconstitutional to mandate masks because then you're mandating expression someone brought up below the knees equals scarlet letter skirts above <laughs> the knees so you know things like that right should dress codes or things of that nature be put in place. And I think, you know, it's, it, it is kind of a case by case basis. I think largely I I'm almost in favor, like, I don't want to say I'm in favor of everything because then I'm going to get caught with something that is, that shouldn't be, <laughs> that shouldn't be allowed. Right. And again, it's I don't want to, yeah. right. And I don't want to say, <laughs> right. But you know, that's the thing. I think that it's all, so one of the, the founding principles of this podcast and one of my core beliefs that I hold and that what made me want to start this podcast is that all ideas, all information has some level of value, even if it's just Mm. to understand what the consumers of that information believe and think and whatnot. And so when it comes to that, if you have no freedom of expression, you can't bring those ideas to light. And Mm -hmm. even if those ideas are bad and should be challenged, I yeah. think that if they're not expressed, then, you know, one of the listeners was saying earlier, if they're kept in the shadows, if they're not expressed, then it's impossible to change minds and open minds. Mm-hmm. And so I think that holds true for a lot of the yeah. stuff, right? Clothing oh, yeah. and, and all those oh, yeah. things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, what about you? Freedom of expression. Uh, I think I kind of roll in the realm of, I guess, the media. Um, and I think of like comedians who are free to do whatever they want or like, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be cartoons or even South Park. I'm kind of in the realm of free to express whatever you want, but in my head, speech is a form of expression. 
Right. Right. So yeah, I mean, if somewhere to mime all the words, or somewhere to you know do sign language to all the hate speech, would America be as uh, would 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 they would they see the same level of cancel culture? I probably not. But that's form of expression. So I mean, I there's too much to doctor per se. All right. Well, um, I wanted to go through. There were a couple comments that that people have left, and then give everyone a chance to say what needs saying and bring up anything that they wanted to cover or that we've missed or that you wanted to go in depth really quick a little more and go from there right before we before we close. So talking about this was someone talking about um, the the bill in New York that was proposed, which we will post a link to. Um, we were talking about briefly, this was a bill that was proposed in New York that was talking about banning state sales or state state display or sale at state um, fairs or, or venues of things like Confederate flags, Nazi symbols, and, and you know, other things. So check that out if you haven't. We're sorry we weren't able to get into it in super detail tonight, but, but check that out for sure. Their thoughts on this were that the argument of not banning these symbols was a very basic, unnuanced argument. It's a very white boy paranoia thing. Cuomo banning the Confederate flags and hate symbols is good because authority figures endorsing and normalizing symbols like that eases the path to radicalization. Um, within the literature, this is all very basic stuff. And so that was just a response we had on that that I wanted to get in so everyone had the chance to say what needs saying. With that, I just want to turn it over to you, Brandon, and then to all of our listeners to say whatever they think um, needs saying. And if we've missed anything or anything else you'd like us to touch on before we close for the episode, feel free. So yeah, Brandon, any closing thoughts? I don't know. I, I would say this was a very successful conversation. You know, Brandon, I definitely learned some new things, learned a lot of new things. And we almost can understand that a lot more needs to be dis or can be discussed uh, in this realm. Uh, mm -hmm. I think any of the, the Bill of Rights definitely can hold something of this magnitude on for this long and still be interesting to continue. I'm, gra I'm granted this conversation can go on. Well, honestly, right. it has been going on for, you know, maybe the past 90, 80 years. So I definitely appreciate all the different perspectives. Um, but objectively to the question, does free speech include hate speech? Yes, it does. You know, we're living in America and we, they, America prides itself on freedom of speech. And with, if you're going to open the door, you, you can't tell who's coming in or not. I personally agree. You know, obviously not everyone that was on the on the chat tonight agreed, and that's okay. Um, we all discussed, everyone had their own perspectives. So thank you for everyone for sharing. Um, we did have a comment um, that I do want to uh, read and reiterate. Um, I want to say, I'll preface this by saying I want to echo the sentiment of this comment absolutely 100%. Comment says, for the final time, you guys should reiterate this just so that the podcast doesn't get misinterpreted. We are not morally supporting hateful speech here. We were talking about the legality of speech, hateful or not. And right. yes, yes, please. Wait, wait, wait. No. I got to say it too. I'm a verbally. We, Brandon, is not morally supporting hateful speech here. I am only talking about the legality of speech, hateful or not. Yes. Cool. And same for me, Zach. And I, <laughs> am, I don't want to put words in other people's mouths, but I would assume that everyone else that was on the call, it was a very respectful conversation. It was a civil and constructive conversation. I think everyone is on the same page that this is not an argument for hate speech being moral in any case. This is an argument for the legality. I don't want to go on the internet in a week and see a large audio clip 
you know, is posted on Echoplex of us <laughs> saying that, you know, swastikas should be legal and everything and taken out of context. So we do want to make it clear that we are talking about the legality here. And someone said you should make it a joke and make it illegal to sell the flags if they are white and you have to go to a black owned business to buy the hate symbols could make that into a TV show. <laughs> it does sound like it could be a reality TV show. Oh, someone said that I missed a comment. Sorry about that. Um, someone said, what about curse words? That's illegal for reasons besides the one we've mentioned. Do you mean in general, like whether or not curse words should be made illegal? Because I think, I mean, in general, there are restrictions. The FCC, yeah, ahead. the FCC kind of kind of covers a lot of that. Right. Yeah. There, oh, yeah. TV and work and such. Yeah, there are there are restrictions on certain things, you know, with the FCC and when you can put certain content on on in places. Yeah, I don't know. That's actually a good point. And it's something that hasn't come up yet. And I'm not really sure. I get where it comes from, right? You don't want your five, six year old turning on the TV and having something pop up that is going to be, you know, be heard by the wrong years. But I don't know. I don't, I actually, I can't say that I've thought about that before, but we'll, we'll think about it for the 2020 wrap up episode. And we'll, we'll try and come back to that question. Um, someone said, can the president curse on TV? I don't even know. LOL. I think but so. You can say, but you can say you'll shoot someone on Fifth Ave in New York. I do not know how that got away. <laughs> um, someone said, thank you guys for these constructive conversations as I always look forward to them. I try to have an open mind and I love to learn. And man, I knew I, I, knew I meant to ask about the FCC and freedom of speech. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that in, in the future at some point for sure, because it was a good question. Yeah. Um, with that, thank you all for joining us for the conversation, whether you were listening live on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube, or if you were joining us on Zoom for the conversation. We really appreciated all the perspectives that were brought to the table. Um, like we said, we're not morally supporting hate speech, just talking about the legality. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Say What Needs Saying, Facebook at Say What Needs Saying, Twitter at Say What Needs, and anywhere you listen to podcasts or YouTube or all of that stuff. We really appreciate you all, and we hope that you join us next time for another conversation on Say What Needs oh, Saying. Oh, yes, of, of course. Thank you so much again. Once again, once again guys, uh, definitely look out for our last episode of 2020 coming up. It will be a great one. I really appreciate the conversation today. I'm sure I speak on Zach was saying this was extremely uh, beneficial, at least enjoyable on our ends, and exactly why we started the pod. Thank you again. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please remember to like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Say What Needs and on Instagram and Facebook at Say What Needs Saying for live updates and sound bites from our actual podcast. Don't forget to continue the discussion. Thank you for listening. Thanks. <laughs>